Greetings and welcome to the God Loves You Period podcast. On this episode, Scott, Terry, and Amy are joined by special guest Angie Pye, the director of the Beacon Center, as they discuss domestic violence. Beacon Center. Hey, and welcome to the God Loves You Period podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Terry. And I'm Amy. And we are here today with our, one of our most favorite people, Angie Pye. She's the director of the Beacon Center. We'll get to that in a second. But first, Amy has a question. Rapid fire questions. All right. If your house was burning and you had to grab one item, what would you grab? Scott. Uh, I, I don't know. Two. I have the original 1948 pennant when Florida State University became Florida State University. And I have a Highwayman original painting. So one of those two things I got to take with me. Oh, my wedding album is falling apart, but I think I'd have to grab all those pictures and just to have. And maybe Randy's ashes, too. I'm not going to make the joke. I'm like, sorry. I know, actually. that's crazy. You're going to make the joke they would survive the fire. They, I mean, would, you <laughs> could double ash. They're in a wood box. Thanks a lot. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is my dogs, but there's three of them and I couldn't choose. That oh. was my answer. I was like, my dog. Okay, so all dogs. They would get, all have to go. Let's say all the animals were saved. The dogs yeah. would figure a way out of the house. Dogs get saved. I got nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got nothing. The dogs are number one. That's number one. I mean, everything else, I don't that's think fair. of my, anything my that's not replaceable. My answer was the dog, too. Yeah. Nora. All right. All right, folks. We're here with An- Angie Pye. She is the director of the Beacon Center here in Volusia County. It's the only intimate violence shelter in Volusia County. And as you may or may not be aware of, uh, October is Domestic Violence Awareness. And that's the key word there, Amy, awareness <laughs> month. Uh, to be aware of, of all that's going on with us. So we want to have Angie in. It's been a great partnership we've had with our church, with the Beacon Center. Uh, it was brought on by, by, actually, because Mark Dunn snookered me into going to a breakfast. All right. And then all of a sudden we <laughs> built built a playground <laughs> and tons of other stuff. But we really love uh, partnering with the Beacon Center. Uh, tell us a little bit about what the Beacon Center does and then and get us going from there, Angie. So we are the only certified um, center here in Volusia County. We have a 60-bed facility right now that's going to be increasing to 80. Um, we provide really all kinds of services to survivors in need of safety and support as they just to support their safety and well-being we provide counseling we have a legal team uh, economic justice program so I, I often refer to us as a hub that somebody can go to and and we can help them connect to all the other resources in the community that can help them be safe and live independent 60 beds right now Right now, how yeah. often are they full? How often are you full? Always, really, wow. really you're, always. You're like yeah. average ninety percent capacity. Yes. So Soon that means that means every night there are sixty women and kids basically staying in our facility. Mostly yep. women, right? Yes, women and children. Women and children. What's the average of how long they stay there? Um, about forty-five or fifty days. Last time I looked, um, COVID did slow us down a little bit, but uh, they have a ninety-day initial stay. So a lot of people do take advantage of that. Some get in and out quicker. Um, some need longer. It, it's really, we have that sort of benchmark, but it's uh, it's really independent on what their needs are. Gotcha. Now, Angie, how can, you know, we're going to get into some of the scripture verses in a little bit, but uh, one of our questions for you is, how is the church complicit in domestic violence, and what's something that we can do? I think that generally uh, churches are complicit, um, not meaning to be, uh, because 
the focus is on restoring families and restoring people and restoring souls. So when we have uh, people come to us, we don't want to see their family broken or um, separated. So we work from a standpoint of trying to restore that family. And I think with these kind of situations, it can just be so dangerous and often uh, survivors in particular are left feeling that if they were better wives or they prayed more or they were, you know, more focused on the things they should be, that this wouldn't happen. And unfortunately, some of the messaging they get supports that. And I've noticed, um, and, and what I've loved about Scott in particular is that he, he talks about this a lot and he talks about it from the pulpit. And I think that's important to do because we speak to men a lot, but we also speak to women on how to take care of men. the home and men. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I was at a church not long ago and the pastor was telling us basically saying, and, and I'm hearing it from the perspective a survivor might hear it. But what I was hearing is if I deny my husband things or deny myself to him and he goes out looking somewhere else that, that in a way is kind of my fault. Oh my goodness. And I don't think he meant it to sound that way, but from somebody that may be sitting in those pews Mm -hmm. based on their situation, they may think, well, I should have done this better and my husband wouldn't have done these things to me. So I think it's unintentional because in this perfect, you know, in a perfect world is the, the world is God intended. What's laid out here would be perfect and it would be the way it should be, but we don't live in that perfect world. We live in a sinful one. And so we have to take those things into account and know that people have to be safe and people especially survivors of domestic violence, shouldn't feel that they are um, the one in sin if they have to leave that situation or they can't fix their, mm. their Or that home. they caused it. Or right? that they caused mm-hmm. it, yeah. I think too often we get accustomed to a, um, our lives being simple and good, and we don't realize how 180 degrees out people can hear and feel. Mm-hmm. And we just are only experiencing our own life, right. and we're unable to... Or we just don't take time mm-hmm. to see the other side. Right. Mm. And I, I think of the church as, you know, a, a foundation of the Christian faith is the topic of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it's such mm-hmm. a beautiful part of our faith that um, that we are forgiven, we are renewed, that our past doesn't define us, mm-hmm. God loves us, period. And those are all good things. But I think where some of those lines get blurry is that when our emphasis on forgiveness then puts women in a position where, well, you need to just forgive your husband, boyfriend, whatever, um, an abuser, that that doesn't mean stay with them. That doesn't mean continue to put up with that type of behavior. So, you know, Pastor Scott here, what do we do about this? Right, Pastor Amy. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait for the mug. Right. But I, I do think, I mean, it's one of the things we've talked about before. We've said before, you can forgive them and you can call the police. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, 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 those, those go hand in hand. You can forgive them and, and they're not allowed to keep beating you. Right. Uh, right. Uh, kind of stuff. You, uh, forgiveness doesn't mean you're a doormat and let people just walk over you. Forgiveness means the pain and hurt that you, uh, too often we see forgiveness as letting Terry get away with it. Mm-hmm. It's not. Forgiveness is me releasing my anger and hatred towards Terry so I can find healing and hope. If I just Mm -hmm. cling on to that pain and hurt, I think sometimes we're we're clinging on to the pain and hurt that somebody caused us, that we stay in that moment. Forgiveness is us releasing that moment so we can find healing. 
And one of the ways I release that moment is throw your butt in jail. Um, that's, that's how we release that <laughs> yeah. moment a little bit for well, me. And you and I, me and Amy have talked about this too, because I think that what you're saying is, is really true. I've talked to women about forgiveness before and they do feel like if I forgive, that means we get back together. Right. No. And that's not about it. Forgiveness is for us internally ourselves. It's really not for the other person in some senses. It's just about healing, like you're saying, and it doesn't mean to continue. And I think the, the other piece of that is is we don't want to get too focused on um, the physical piece because there's a lot of other aspects of domestic violence or coercive control patterns like controlling um, finances mm-hmm. or these gender strict gender roles in the home that add to the abuse and that make people feel um, threatened in their home or uncomfortable in right. their home or unsafe, unsafe in their home. And it never maybe escalates to punching or hitting or slapping, but... Just Those, mental, yeah, yeah, absolutely, just that's, mental. That's a great question, Amy, to help somebody out. We say domestic violence, and we always think that's like somebody beating somebody right. senseless almost, Physical. right? Mm-hmm. What constitutes domestic violence? It's a coercive control pattern where one person is exerting control over the other person, and the result of that is that that, per, that individual has all the power. So yeah. it's it can be name-calling, it can be isolation, and when I say isolation, keeping you from your friends, your family, your church, um, keeping you out of extracurricular activities where you had interactions with other people, controlling even, the money. Even telling them that what they what your opinion is is not true. Doesn't matter. Doesn't or, exist. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I didn't do that, or... And they did, or yeah. telling gaslighting. Them, yeah, yeah, exactly. Thing, yeah. Gaslighting. Hey, what's gaslighting? It's well, I mean, you probably have a better definition, but I, how I understand it, it is you are making someone question their reality exactly. and yeah. making them feel like a crazy person. Like right. that didn't actually or stupid. happen or stupid. And so you're invalidating what they deem as mm-hmm. reality and what could actually be reality to have some sort of power. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Join us next time on the God Loves You Period podcast as Scott, Terry, and Amy, and special guest Angie Pye continue their discussion on domestic violence.